everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Lipstick League. I'm Natalie Eigenoff. And I'm Nicole Mahalik. It's where sports and pop culture come to play. So we're doing it a little different this week because we were afraid to get snowed in and we didn't want to sleep at the radio station because we have mice and we didn't want to sleep with them. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. So it's um, first nor'easter in three, 635, 53 600, I couldn't be inverting numbers. It's definitely over like 500 and something days. Yeah, it's been over two years. I had Adam Joseph from 6ABC on the air with me yesterday. He's like, it's almost been two and a half years. Yeah, since we've had any sort of snowfall here in Philadelphia. So, of course, the first one is, you know, the night where me and uh, Nicole have to record. So, we're doing it over Zoom today. Yeah, uh, and Natalie and I um, have a Ford Focus and a Ford Fiesta. Yeah. So- we're not necessarily equipped. Tell no vehicle ready. Tell people listening what you were smart and did though. Oh, I put rock salt underneath my tires in um, the parking lot at our work because I thought to myself, I don't know. And and again, because it's like such a weird year, like you don't know what they're what building management's doing because there's no people there anymore. Yeah. The radio stations that are there like all the offices have cleared out because of covid so i was like i don't know if they're gonna be plowing it or what their plan is and when i got there all the rock salt had was melting already because yeah. it right before it snowed so i bought a little bag from the corner store and when i got to the office anybody who saw me i was just sprinkling it <laughs> sprinkling it around my car like so smart and it was funny because our studio has a huge window so i was taking pictures i'm like here's the roads i said it to you i'm like the plows are here. And so it wasn't horrible driving home, but like, oh. I'm glad that we decided. So if you're listening and the audio is like a little funny, it's because we're doing it on Zoom tonight. Yeah. Um, and so just bear with us. Yes. Just bear with us. It was so, for our safety. Yes. It was for our safety. And, um, and now we're doing it from the comfort of our own homes, which is, which is kind of nice as well. Wait, where's Ginge? Oh, Ginge. She's giving herself a little bath. Here she is. There she is. Star. Ginger, say hi. Say hi, Ginger. (laughs) Hey, Ginge. Oh my God. Over here. The old gal. Oh no. Up up here, Ginger. Yeah. There she is. There she is. Sorry. Things are getting a little confused anymore these days, my little angel. How old is she? Um, so my estimate is she should be around 13 or... Oh, she's that old? Yeah, she's probably around 13. I put her between 12 and 13 in March. And what, you've had her with you the whole time? I've had her since 2010. So that's 10. When I adopted her, they told me... Oh, are you tired? Uh, when I got her, they told me that she was a year and a half. Uh, and then when I took her to the vet for another evaluation, because they had gotten her from some somewhere yeah. Uh, they were like, probably put her at like, like two to three years old. So cute. Um, She's so cute. I know. My special guest. Um, so this week has been a really big week for females in sports. Yeah. It's and it was big. We're going to talk about Jalen Hurts, but like, there's been some really awesome stories with badass women in sports. And we want to kick off the episode with that. And then we have some like fun sports pop culture stuff. Like Taylor Swift is an officially an Eagles fan like it's in writing so that's speculated but like it's kind of in writing but it's kind of speculated okay we're gonna say it is and we're gonna talk to that but let's okay do we 
Should we kick it off with Sarah Fuller first? Yeah, I think you should totally kick it off with Sarah Fuller. So, I mean, she has just been this super incredible, um, in my opinion, 2020 surprise, right? Yeah, I mean, the fact, okay, so if you're listening, you're like, who's Sarah Fuller? She is the soccer star from Vanderbilt who, because of COVID, actually started to play as the place kicker on the Vanderbilt football team. So not only did she become the first woman to ever play in a power five game, she then three weeks ago actually kicked and then she became the first female ever to score points to score points. Yeah. She actually kicked the extra point. And the thing that sucks so bad and like, her teammates were so excited for her and she was having a blast, but because of COVID, the Vanderbilt game against Georgia, which was supposed to be this weekend, which is, yeah, which is supposed to be this weekend, the weekend of like the 19th, um, had it got canceled because of COVID. And so her season abruptly ended. Well, her her football career abruptly ended. um, Just again, I feel like we've talked about this in earlier episodes where we've said it doesn't matter how you get there. It's, you know, it's all about the journey and like not the destination and where you end up is where you're going to eventually end up being. So I feel like with somebody like her, like Sarah Fuller, it's incredible to see how like her soccer career and just her being a, a pure athlete, how her athleticism was able to transfer to the football field and how out of nowhere this girl becomes this like national sensation and the first woman to ever score points um without even again you don't set out to like do that yeah well it's kind of like monet davis remember monet davis from the teen dragons yes she was the first female pitcher ever to play in the little league world series and literally was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. I mean, she was 13 years old at the time from Philly. She now plays softball at Hampton University, which is a HBC, a historical black college um, in Georgia. But she blew up and it was like, she became this sensation. And it was kind of the same thing where she was an athlete, went to Vanderbilt to play soccer and because of circumstances. And I think it's amazing because when you watched the players, like the men that she was playing with were so excited for her. Yeah. And and the fact that we've gotten to that place in society, in sports, where they know it's better to be encouraging. And it's not about, and obviously on social media, people were roasting her. But like, when you see how her teammates were treating her and how excited they were, her parents were in the stands. Oh, yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, it's it's really just, again, a testament to the progression that women are making in yeah. school, which, which has been so fun to see. And then um, another woman sports moment was, where's her name? I'm, I'm blanking on her name right Tara now. Tara Vander De- Devere? Am I saying that right? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me see. Tara Vanderveer. Yeah, Tara Vanderveer from Stanford. 
Oh, for the most victories. I thought we were moving to the broadcast. Okay. Oh, sorry. Did I miss that? No, we'll get to it. Okay. So, so Tara Vanderveer, and I feel so ashamed that, like, I didn't know her. Like, I know Pat Summit. Pat Summit was the iconic coach for Tennessee who very tragically died from early onset Alzheimer's. Right, when, right. When you think about how much of a trailblazer Pat Summit was and what she did for her program, and then she she passed away the, the way that she did, but she held the NCAA women's win, most coach wins forever. I mean, anybody who knew basketball knew Pat Summit. Right. Um, you know, it's kind of like how she, she, it was her, and then after Pat Summit, it was UConn, right? Like, that was the girls' basketball program. It's when you hear about Gianna Bryant, right, Kobe's daughter, all she wanted to do was play for UConn because that was the school. Pat Summit yeah. was the coach. And I, I feel really ignorant that I didn't know Tara um, Vanderveer, um, but she has now beat Pat Summit, and she is now the winningest female coach for NCAA basketball from Stanford, which is incredible. And she's 67, which I think is so awesome that she's still doing it. It's such well, a badass. So, and, okay. So again, like circle back to the theme of not only why we have this podcast, but you, the fact that you're saying, I wish I knew who this woman was. I wish I knew who she was too. Yeah. Um, but what, again, it's what we've been conditioned to see and what we've been conditioned to pay attention to. So that's why we are shedding light yeah. on these incredible women who, within their um, close-knit circles, I think, probably get their respect and recognition. But if that were a male coach who, surpa who surpassed this incredible record, yeah. it would have been probably top story on ESPN, mm -hmm. right? Or top story on... Any anywhere, yeah. It would have just been this super huge story, and we're just kind of hearing about this kind of like right now. But it's interesting because I'm like, why do I know so much about Pat Summit, but I didn't know about Tara? Like, I can't figure that out, and I don't know if it was because maybe Pat was a trailblazer in her time, so she was spoken about more, or maybe because she brought women's college basketball to the forefront at that time and then it I don't know I, I can't figure that out I mean it could it could be time and place I, I could have just been I think a lot of times it's when women finally get the spotlight and especially in sports it's yeah when they're really playing up to a level that's comparative to a man's and I hate to even say that but yeah. you know that's when, like you were saying, like with somebody like Monet Davis, that's when you're seeing the talent showcase it. Showcase, it's when it's up to the bar of a man, which yeah. again is probably problematic. Yes. Why does it take to, why does it have to take playing at the level of a man to get this recognition on any sort of stage? Yeah. But I mean, it, it probably has something to do with that. It's probably because she was one of the first women to ever do so. Right, 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 right. Until that bar set, there's no one to sur surpass that bar. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you have this woman so coming. Like she, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like she set the bar, 
And now it got to the point where it's like, okay, people are going to surpass her. But it's just, it's, it's interesting to me. And I always try to like be that deep thinker and be like, why did I know this, but I didn't know that. And like, you know what I mean? Just try to find an answer for it. Yeah. But I do think that that's what it is. Sometimes it's like, I'm on social media and I watch the news and I read, but I read stuff that's presented to me. Right. I, I don't necessarily do like a super deep dive into women's college basketball. No, but I know way more about men's college basketball. You know what I mean? So like, and, and because when has it been showcased to you where you felt that you should pay attention to it? Right. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's basically what it comes down to. And then we had, um, Jeannie Morris. Yes. Who 85 years old passed away, um, was a trailblazer for women in sports and broadcasting in particular. I just want to read, I just want to read about Jeannie because I find her so fascinating. She was the first woman to ever report live from a Super Bowl. From a Super Bowl. So Jeannie Mars, uh, starting in 1967, at a time when women were virtually non-existent in sportscasting, Mars spent 24 years as a sports reporter, producer, and host first at NBC-owned WMAQ Channel 5. Um, and then it says, her pioneering TV work followed stints as a sports columnist for Chicago's American and sports reporter for the Chicago Daily News. So she was in Chi-Town. That's awesome. Telling yeah. Which is a big sports town, you know, oh, like, yeah, yeah. She, she was, she had the Cubs. Yeah. Cubs. She began writing, writing under the byline of Mrs. Johnny Mars, reflecting the status of women in journalism at the time. So she couldn't even write under her own name. Which is so crazy. I mean, yes and no. And like, that's, again, I feel like another testament. So this woman had the chops back then. Yeah now we're still in this space where it's like well i don't know do you really know right well and you and i talked about a little bit about it about so i have done radio in the music side of radio so top 40 hot ac country and you've always been in sports radio and in your world you are not supposed to really have any interaction with the athletes that you're you have been told since early on that you must maintain a level of autonomy. They're not supposed to know you. You're not supposed to be friendly with them because that's just how it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, so it, it is definitely an interesting dynamic. Um, and it's, and it's, it's different for me than I think it is for some other women in sports media, because I've always operated from a place as like a, a radio personality in sports talk. Right. Kind of like wanted to, veer into the sports broadcasting world, which I've gotten my opportunity to um, when I had birds outsiders last year, uh, the football based show, but that was based on, at, you know, on me as a personality, you know right. what I mean? So, um, but for women, for a lot of female journalists um, in sports media, there's this um, level of, I guess, distinction that you have to have for how you present yourself at any given moment at any given time in any given sports situation so you women are so much more scrutinized when it comes to their behavior in in the sports world because there's you know when there's only one or two or three of you in a room 
everybody's kind of looking at you anyway, just because you're standing out as is. So if you were to like look at a player the wrong way or like smile at a player the wrong way, even if it's innocent, even if you don't mean anything by it, there's the perception of everybody else in the room who thinks that you mean more when actually you could just be being friendly. So it's interesting. And I know that there have been situations in sports media where, you know, natural relationships have happened with between, you know, a woman who's working in baseball and a, a baseball player they end up getting married or they end up dating, she loses her job, you know? And there is, I can see the side to it because there is this level of integrity, you know, that you want to have when you're reporting. However, it's, it's the dynamic has been fascinating for me to witness over the years where, um, you know, it's, it's kind of like that double standard. So you think about somebody like Jeannie who was doing this, 40 50 years ago i i can't even imagine like right. I've, I've i've been doing social media for the station at um different like sporting events and someone the security guards have like said inappropriate stuff to me they've you know what do you think you're doing here you think they're they're going to be looking at you and i was like hi i'm here doing my job right you know like there's that ingrained perception that just because i have this job in this sports environment that I'm like, that I'm there for a husband, you know, when like, I was actually, I was like, I just need to get a good picture for Instagram. So like, I'm going to need you to slow your roll. And I'm here because I love the game and I like the, what it is. It has nothing to do with who is playing. Yeah. Um, You know, and, and for the music side, it's complete opposite. So we're not allowed to speak poorly of, the celebrities we're not allowed to write poor things about them like if there's an award show and we're live tweeting like we can't say anything about their makeup or their hair like it has to be very coming from a very positive space and like we're encouraged to like be as friendly as possible and so it's just interesting i know and like it is interesting too because uh what the the non the non-fanatic sports station um in philadelphia uh, oh, we could just say it, WIP. So when I drive home at night, now WIP hosts the Eagles, just like the Fanatic hosts the Flyers and the Sixers. WIP hosts the Eagles and the um, the Phillies. And so when I drive home, the guy that's on at night is such a Carson Wentz hater. All he does, I, I and I, I only turn them on when I'm flipping through the channels, whether they're, I'm, I'm, you know, Devon's usually on the Fanatic or I'm listening to music and, and they're in commercials. So I listen to him and like, he's such a Carson hater and it's every single night. It, it gets to the point where I want to call in and be like, I work in the industry, dude, find a new topic, find a new topic. You can't talk about the same topic every single night. How much? Carson Wentz sucks. Like, come on. But it's fascinating to me that he's on the station that plays the Eagles, but he can still get away with that. We're like, that would never fly on a music station. You know what I mean? Like I couldn't play Luke Bryan and talk and talk shit about him. Like that just wouldn't fly. You know, what's what's fascinating to me is um, our old promotions director at the fanatic, Mike McMonagall. Yeah. You know, he said to me, because they're, you know, we're, we're from two different animals, radio background wise, like sports radio is its own animal. And then music radio. Yeah. And Mike said to me, he said, you know, 
sports is so much criticism. He's like, so it kind of like, it, it just like encases all this essentially like negative energy, right? Yeah. So like, sometimes that comes out in the post because like you have to be super critical in order to be competitive, especially when it comes to games. Right. Because at the end of the day, games are X's and O's. So you have to really, you can't have feelings May you know, I guess the perception is you can't have feelings in sports in general. You can't have feelings when it comes to like observing sports. That's that's how it was where I, I'm I have feelings about everything. But anyway. But that, and that's how it was. And I think that that's how people think it it, it is. Or how it should be. But now but whereas whereas music radio, Mike said, he goes, he's like, Yeah, he's like, you know, Think about like our sister station, like WMGK. They're still yeah. playing like journeys, like don't stop believing. And their host, like Maddie Cord, has to be like, and here we are with journeys, don't stop believing. He's like, you have to sell it. Like it's the first time you ever heard that song and that yeah. you love it just as much as you did because the listener on the other end of that is excited to hear the song. They're excited because it makes them happy. Whereas yeah. like, radio, we're, we're like venting it's it's like just five hours of like male therapy about their sports teams like that's all it is it's just men venting their emotions about their sports teams while trying not to be emotional about it right but that's the irony is that there is emotion to it and that's why we <laughs> wanted to do this that's why we want to do this podcast because it isn't just X's and O's. Sometimes like, why won't Ben Simmons shoot? Like that's not X's and O's. Like yeah. there's something going on up here. Like why did Carson Wentz regress so drastically? It's something in here. And so it is emotion. It's so much more than just the ability to physically do it. It's, yeah. There's so many more layers to it. And, and you know, and, and I think that now people are starting to talk about it a little bit more, um, but which is one of the main reasons why we want to do this podcast, because it was like, there is so much more than just the X's and O's part of it, like, and no one's talking about it enough, you know? Well, because no one has been comfortable to actually bring it into the conversation and without, like, fear of being judged for it, if, if right. that makes sense. Just because the rules have been set for sports talk for so long mm -hmm. and only over the last, I'd say even like five years was when we really started to see the conversation change because it can be a bit monotonous when, you know, you're hashing out the same subject over and over and over again. And like, sometimes if that's what you do, it's probably because like you really can't think outside the box to try and like extrapolate any other sort of content Right. From the team that you're talking about. So like, I don't know about people who kind of harp on the same player hate all the time because maybe they should like expand their. That's what know, I think. I'm like, you should need yeah. come up with a new topic, come up but with that, a new that, I mean, like, that's why the Mike Missinelli show I find, and I'm clearly unbiased, but like we have a lot of the same conversations, but like we touch on so much stuff. Yeah, like, you talk you talk about pop culture stuff and news and politics and not only that, but like I think that our you know our analysis of the teams is based on like a little bit more of like a thought from like a thoughtful place. Oh um, yeah, I mean that's why I got I was obsessed with listening to Mike even before you and Ty were on the show because <laughs> it was such it was such a cerebral way of approaching okay. things that I connected with. Well, and because Mike is 
one of the most intelligent human beings I've ever met in right. my life. And the way that he can just formulate his thoughts and get them out there to the audience is why he's the best at what he, he's the best. He is hands down the best at what he does. Like, and I've worked with yeah. everyone. Yeah. I've worked with all the heavy hitters in this city at one point in the city of Philadelphia at one point, anybody who's on sports talk radio, 99% chance that I've worked with them or interacted with them in some, in some capacity. And there's nobody who compares to Mike Missinelli. Yeah. I mean, I listen, I'm a radio geek and I listen all the time and I listened to him before you were on the show because I loved his approach. Yeah. I always would say like he would put the Schmitties in their place. Like, well, I remember a topic years ago about when Carson first got here and he was really, really posting a lot of Jesus stuff. And like these people were calling in and this guy was like freaking out about it. Mike's like, but why does that bother you? And the guy's like, well, I just don't think you should be posting stuff about the Bible. And Mike's like, but why? And he's like, let's, let's just think for a second. Like, I need you to go deeper. Like what, what, why is that bothering you? And like, normally men don't do that. They don't press it. And, and I remember having, there was even a conversation about Ben Simmons. It was either last year or the year before about him shooting. And a guy called in who is a psychiatrist and he had two teenage sons and he was like, no one talks about the frontal lobe development and how most of the time with men, it's not fully developed until they're 25. And depending on how fast it, and, and, you know, sometimes like the decision-making and, and the confidence isn't there until they're a little bit like, that is fascinating to me. I mean, that it's fascinating to a lot of people. It's just a part of the conversation that's been left out. And I'm glad that that's why we're doing it here. Um, so before we, we get into how Taylor Swift is a Eagles fan, we've got to obviously address Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz. Um, and I texted you a little bit about it, but, and I, I held back a little bit cause I wanted to talk about it on the podcast, but I really did struggle on Sunday and I can't figure out why. And like talking about like trying to go deep and like get into the thoughts and try to figure out, but like. I really had a hard time being excited on Sunday. Like there was something about, like, I felt so bad for Carson. I wanted to be excited for Jalen, but like, I just couldn't fully get there. Like there was parts of me that like, and I'm going to admit it that like, I didn't want the Eagles to win. And I just, and I couldn't figure out why. And I'm like, and I kind of joked around about it a little bit. And I was like, I don't even know why Like, I, there's nothing about Carson I have in common with. Like, I don't like hunting. I don't like guns. I don't like living in the middle of nowhere. Like the only thing is, is like, I also like look good in camo. Like <laughs> I can't figure it out, but like, it was such a weird feeling on, on Sunday watching this game. And like where I should have, where I, you know, I, I obviously have read and listened to people be so excited and it was a great game to watch, but like, I felt very torn and I hated it. So, so here's what I'm going to, I, this is my assessment because that's kind of how I felt myself. Um, I mean, seeing Jalen play, I have to say was an absolute delight. If I like, so I tried to watch the game Yeah. with, and again, try and like detach any sort of emotion. Yeah. And I'm, I'm pretty good at the, that at this point, you know, in my career, like right. I can watch the game and just see it for what it is and not really have any sort of like emotional attachment. So if Carson Wentz wasn't a part of the equation, 
Jalen, just his mobility and how quick he was. And it seemed like his ability, you know, to kind of like execute the plays, get outside the pocket, run the ball. Right. And then have those incredible passes. Just on the surface level, I was like, wow, this guy looks good. Right. The problem is that we know that Carson, I think it was, you know, his potential, right? So we've kind of lost sight of what he's supposed to be and the role that he's going to play on the Eagles. Right. My whole thought process is it's like really, it's hard to be excited because A, we're stuck with him. They're going to have to eat $34 million next year, no matter what happens. So like, A, we're stuck with Carson. B, you know that there's it, 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 there's something that nobody has been able to figure out. And we've talked about this in other episodes as to why he's as bad as he is. And yeah. it's like, you know, like it, it is his fault, but it's not his fault. Right, right. And it's because there's no logical, there's no logical explanation. Nobody can point to an injury. It's not like he's coming out and saying, yeah, I'm feeling the heat, so I keep making bad decisions. Like, we're not getting any sort of transparency when it comes to what went wrong with him, which is why it's like we're stuck in this situation and and none of it makes sense. So, of right. course, it makes sense that you're going to feel bad because it's like we don't even know what happened to this guy. We were all sold the bag of goods that he was going to be the franchise quarterback. We were sold the bag of goods. Like, you traded the farm. You know, you got rid of the farm to get him. Right. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's it's me mourning the loss of what could could have been or the loss what we thought could have been is that and I think you and I talked about this last week we're like the loss of like it's we don't have a Tom Brady we don't have a Russell Wilson we don't have an Aaron Rodgers like here we are again and and we're gonna do a breakout episode because I said to you like I want to talk about the fact of like why can't Philly have a superstar oh yeah had a superstar since Allen Iverson Mm -hmm. and I have some theories why and I want to talk about it and I want to talk about do other cities feel that way and we're going to have and and you made a genius assumption and said Boston's probably the close second and so we have a friend who currently works in Boston who used to work in Philly so we're going to have her on to talk about it um but I guess that's I think you hit the nail on the head is that like it's morning that like what we thought we had doesn't exist anymore and ex- accepting it. And I, and it's kind of a joke, but like I went through that. It's like people go through it in a breakup, right? Is that like you mourn that this relationship is over. And I used to go to this amazing gym called Fusion and it was the best gym on the planet. And I loved it so much. And they changed it. They changed the name. They changed everything about it. And I went through this like grief where like I got so angry and I'm and people are like, you got to get over it. I'm like, but I loved it and they changed and like, it's never going to be the same. And like, I'll never forgive them for that. And I think that that's kind of how I feel. Like I'm, I am, I will never forgive who, whoever is responsible for this. Like the, whether it's, whether it's part Howie, part Doug, part Cart, like the fact that like, this is what it is, is so fucking awful. Yeah. And I, well, I haven't thought of it as morning. Like you just took like my thoughts and then like, we're able to apply some like, like therapy, like some actual like diagnosis, but yeah, 
I think that 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 is totally what I'm having a tough time with. And I think it's just because, again, saw him in 2017, saw the instinctual ability. Yeah. All what I thought was like, what I thought was our forever, right? So I thought Carson was our forever. I was like, this is the guy. We're going to get like five Super Bowls out of him. You know, we're going to become the next dynasty. And like, like Nick Foles, like Carson's going to be our person. So yeah, it's probably just like the grieving period. And 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 I think it's like, I thought that he was going to be Patrick Mahomes. You know, that like, we, we were going to be on the national stage because like, I remember 2017, like being giddy after those games. And I would go on Twitter and I would read all the stuff about Carson and how great he was and Philly and the Eagles. And it was such a high. And I was like, the way that people talk about Patrick Mahomes, I I think that like, we had that hope that like, that was going to be us. And like, in fact, it's the complete opposite. Yeah. Yeah. And then again, it's not like, something that has come up a lot on um, the airwaves on the Mike Vesnelli show this week is people aren't understanding that you can be upset about Carson and not be a Jalen Hurts hater. Cause I'm not, yeah, right. that's the team that I love. Like I want him to be successful when it's not his fault at all. No. And I, I his, whatever this is, this weird, like, like a, a backwards mustache or what like, what talking about? He has that like weird hair on his chin. See, um, see, I'm not even paying attention to that. And now I have to go look him up. It, oh my god, it's awful. Wait, what it, is? It? it looks like he took a sharpie and just like colored in his chin. Stop it. Yes, it's terrible. Oh no, it's just like that beard. Ew, it's te- it's terrible. You don't like you don't like the that like just the chin beard? No. Blech. I also hate a goatee. Like, why do why does any man think a goatee is attractive? Like, a goatee I, is not attractive. I can't explain the goatee. I can't. Like, no, I think his hair's fine. Ew, no, I don't like it. But that's what's funny. Like, you're like, what's with his chin hair? And I'm like, what chin hair? <laughs> yin and yang. Yes, yin yang. Um, yeah, so. I'm intrigued to see how this situation plays out. You know, the Eagles play the Cardinals on Sunday and that's a horse of a different color. So I can't make any assessments like as to what's going to happen, but the, the Eagles should just be shitting themselves from all the shitty decisions that they've made. Yeah. And they need to just like lie in the shit that they, in the shit bed that they shit out. Because that's like really good. We had some really good messages. Um, we're going to read some really fun tweets that you had. Yeah, let me pull them up. Um, but I'm going to read these, th- these three quick messages um, from different people about Carson. This one is from Rita, who is, she, Rita's in her 80s. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. She says, it is in Carson's best interest that they win. He knows he hasn't been getting it done, though possibly not all his fault. I'm sure he would be the first one to congratulate Hertz. Wentz needs this timeout. This is this this is the break Hertz has been waiting for. I felt great for him and then. So she's basically saying that like she feels that like Carson needed a break to just like sit and chill. Well, wait. Did we talk about my dream? No. So I didn't know if we said it on last week's podcast. I had a dream and I was like, is this just like 
work stress or whatever, but I had a dream that I was going, that I went to the link, the NovaCare Center. Okay. To pick up Carson's dog to take him to the groomer. And it was a German Shepherd. Weird. Yeah. And like, I, in my dream, I like went through the gates and I talked to the security guard and I was like, oh, I'm here to pick up Carson Wentz's dog. I forget the dog's name. And then I like went into this room and actually it was weird. It was like Carson and Zach Ertz there, which I also feel like is kind of telling or like symbolic, right? Yeah. No, and then I, and Carson was like, oh, hey, Nat, like, thanks for taking my dog. And then I, like, took the dog to the groomers. But then I was like, is, and then, like, they benched Carson. And I was like, is the dog at the groomers Carson being fluffed and primped? And then he's going to come back, like, back. more famous than ever? I love that. With a little neck bow. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But, um, like, that's what you're saying. Like, well, wait, how weird is this? Talking about a dog. So then the ne- next message I get says, my cousin named his dog Carson because he loves Went so much. I told him yesterday I will now refer to his dog as Jalen. <laughs> I know. All the Carson Went stuff is 50% off. I know. I know. And then. It hurts my soul. I know. And then this one was really funny. Girl, he fine. That cushy contract he isn't earning is keeping him real warm on the bench. And like, that's another thing I, I need to remember that like, I feel bad for him, but I'm like, wait, why do I feel bad for him? I'm the one driving the 2009 Ford Focus. He's going to be making $130 million. Like, you know, I guess at the end of the day. So I, yeah, I don't know, but I guess I'm just a bleeding heart. So I can't help it. No, I'm the same way. Um, all right. So read your tweets. Okay, so I put this fun um, question out on Twitter. It was a big, people were doing it a lot last week. Where the heck is it? Oh, here it yes. is. So I, because <laughs> I try to find some of your tweets, I'm like, oh my God, this is so, my, my hand's getting tired. Yeah, the answer, Natalie's yeah. So I put out this tweet, it, and they were doing a lot of them last week. It was, tell me you're a blank without telling me you're a blank. So I said, tell me why you're a Philadelphia sports fan without telling me you're a Philadelphia sports fan. The answers I got were so incredible. Um, Somebody said, when I was young, nobody wanted to play in my city. That was one of my favorite ones. That's good. And then um, at Real Bomb, who tweets me a lot, says, the guy running is me thinking we have a winning team. That poll is franchise management. So you remember- Oh my God, when the guy hit, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. I'm always angry uh, for who, for what. I mean, we got like so many funny responses. And then it says, somebody said my favorite player is the backup quarterback and the next head coach. And I was like, that might actually be the winner. I mean, yeah. Yeah. What it always is. Uh, My favorite place to go as a child had a jail inside of it because remember when the vet had the jail inside of it. Yeah. So I got like really great responses. People are really clever. Um, speaking of Twitter, we're on the socials, follow us, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Lipstick League, Summer, the Lipstick League, Summer Lipstick League, just search Lipstick League and it'll pop up. Yeah. You'll know where to find us. Um, so before we get to Taylor Swift, um, I got to do my Nicole snack break. Oh yeah. uh, Travis Kelsey, man, he's been looking real good lately. 
He's adorbs. I mean, he is. Does he still have that girlfriend? Didn't he meet her on the that The Bachelor? Um, was it The Bachelor? It was some show, right? But they broke up. It was very dramatic breakup. But then, right? It was like Kelsey for love, or yeah, it was like his show. And they they were together for a long time. She lived in Kansas City. Kay Nicole, I follow her, and. Then they had like a really dramatic breakup where they unfollowed each other. But then she flew back to to Kansas City because she's really good friends with Patrick Mahomes' fiance, and they had the baby shower, and she was there, and she's been liking Travis Kelsey's pics. Oh, yeah, scandalous, scandalous. But he is a snack, and it's just funny because like. Obviously, Jason Kelsey is amazing, but, like, he doesn't have the, the same – he has a swag, but it's, like, a different swag. Jason Kelsey's, like um, – he's, like ev- – like, what do they say, like, every man's man or, like, he's – Yeah, like-, like, he's just, like – but, like, Travis Kelsey, you're just, like, oh. He's got – Travis has that, like, that, like, Hollywood, like – Yeah. Pop swagger where, like, Jason Kelsey – I think he's just, like – an East Coaster. Jason Kelsey is a to- well. He's from there. He's from Ohio, so he's just like right. Ohio, PA, like simple life. Yeah, like, his wife yeah. Kylie is hilarious. She's so funny to follow on the socials. Like, oh really? Oh my god, she's really funny. They're having another baby, and all she does is t- is post herself getting takeout, and then she'll be like, "Didn't make it home in time," and like post the imps. She eats it in the car. Like she's really funny. Oh. Um, and they just seem like they have a really fun relationship. Like, they'll play Scrabble and stuff. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so Travis is, 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 my, is my sports snack this week. Um, all right, so now, like, the, the big um, – I just think that this is massive. I mean, even more massive than Carson Wentz being benched is uh, Taylor Swift is an Eagles fan, and she literally wrote a song about it. But I know you're not ready to fully commit because – all right, just explain. Okay, so Taylor Swift released a surprise album. Called uh, Evermore. Called Evermore. And Nat and I are both Swifties. Well, yeah. you, like, took a Swiftie break, though, didn't you? I, I took a Swiftie break. Um, the, actually, I'm back now. Okay. Um, Welcome but, back. Yeah, you know, all great relationships, like, go through trial and tribulation. So, like, I had some beef with Taylor for a while, but now she's back, and I loved Folklore. So then when I saw that she was putting out Evermore, I was like, oh, my God, all here for it. And so she is doing work with The National. And you like them? Yeah, so I like them. Actually, Mike Misnelli loves them. Really? She sought out the producer and um, the lead singer for The National to produce Evermore and these two albums because, like, she felt like she needed to just be, like, a little bit more exploratory. Yeah. I think that that's where I kind of like lost it with her is because like she just went this like super pop route. And I think she's just- funny. I didn't listen to her when she was country. I listened a little bit to Red and then I was obsessed with 1989. Oh, I loved 89 too. I was obsessed with Reputation. Reputation's like my favorite Taylor album. That was like her dark, leathery, like pissed off phase right and I like, kind of liked lover but then I thought would she so here's the thing like I don't even really love folklore and evermore that much but I love how much of a musical genius she is and I'm obsessed with the fact that she writes her own stuff and that she continues to push the envelope it's like the theme like we've talked about this in one of the earlier episodes where like 
Tom Brady keeps wanting to win and LeBron keeps wanting to win. Like, she has that thing. Well, she, she, she continues to, like, evolve as an artist. And yeah. probably why these are the albums that got me back is because this is her, like, expanding. Yeah. And kind of it's just, like, super raw. It's, like, a lot of, like, her on the piano. You Did know? you watch the Disney Plus special? Did you watch the... No. Uh, I'll give you... Do you have it? I'll give you my login. I do. I think I have Disney. Okay. Plus. It's, I mean, I watched it the weekend it came out. It's so, cause she literally goes, I mean, Aaron is with the, you know, Aaron, is it Des, Desner, the guy from the national? Yeah. Yeah. Aaron yeah. And Jack Antonoff and the three of them are there and they literally go song by song. And she talks about what the song's about, how she wrote it. Like it, it's. Oh, I'm going to have to watch that before I go to bed tonight. Oh my God. It yeah. is. I don't know how like, I think the song like, there's one song, I won't give too much away, but there's one song that you think is about a relationship, but here it's about an addict. She wrote it about an addict. Um, it's that's, really... That's what I love so much about her, is, like, all of her lyrics, like, they kind of, like, they, they're so, like, up to interpretation. Yeah, and, so, you know, I've been very fortunate to interview a lot of people, and Christina Perry, who's from Philly, and then Ed Sheeran, both of them told me at separate times that a lot of times songwriters will literally have stuff written for years and it just didn't fit an album or it, the production value didn't fit. So like they'll save it and they'll maybe wait and they'll release it three years later. And like the thing about Taylor is that like she literally writes her own stuff. Like she actually writes her own songs. I mean, it's so rare. People don't, most of the time there's like 10 people on a song. Yeah, that's what's so rare about her. And whether you like her or you hate her, like, you have to just, I've always respected her for that. It just took me, yeah. like, I needed to hear it, and I'm finally, like, hearing it again, so I'm like, oh my god, so the whole Eagles uh, fan thing came up because she has this um, lyric in the song Gold Rush, uh, which is off of the new, off of the new album, and yeah. she alludes to an Eagles t-shirt, so there was some debate whether or not she was an Eagles fan or if it was about, it was about the Eagles, the band. And I was right. like, this is what it sounds like. So basically it says with your, e with my Eagles t-shirt hanging on the door. Hanging on the door. And so some there's, people are saying it's about Harry Styles because there's been pictures of Harry Styles in an Eagles Philadelphia well, jersey. They think that that song is about Harry Styles. Right. Because they're like combing. Again, this is what's so fun about Taylor Swift and about her songs is yeah. they're combing through the lyrics of her song, trying to extract meaning and place them to situations that they know that. She likes to call them Easter eggs. Right. And, you know, that's why she's such a genius is because she's able to like conceptualize and bring her relationship and just put it into some like metaphor. And then that metaphor goes into a song. Like that's so crazy. Right. And um, so yeah, this Eagles t-shirt one, but they think this song, they think it's about um, Harry Styles just in general. And then the Eagles t-shirt thing, there's a, there's a picture of Harry Styles holding an Eagles jersey from when he was here on tour and he played at the link. Yeah. Uh, but I was at that show. I, so like fun fact, um, I was working at Q102 at the time when One Direction was like at its peak. In fact, their very first American interview was at Q102 and I missed it because I was on vacation. And I'm like, I'm so pissed about that. But 
I never, like, I liked their songs that would make you, you know what I mean? They were fun, but like, I never got it until I went to see them at the link and I, and I saw Harry and I'm like, oh, he's a superstar. Like, he just has that it factor. And we talk about, well, I talk about the it factor a lot. Like, there's just that thing that like, it's just like the voice. The voice has been on for like 72 seasons and never produced a superstar because none of those singers have the it factor. They're incredible singers, but it's the it factor that makes somebody a superstar. Yeah. And, and when I saw Harry, I'm like, oh, he has, the, it, he it exudes that. And, and so I was at that, they wore the jerseys on stage, I think, too, that, that show. And I just remember oh, being yeah. like, oh, I love you, one directioner. Right, right. I remember my little sister really loved them. And again, I feel like I, I was just like a little bit out of that age bracket. So I was like, oh, they're cute. Yeah, they're me cute. too. I'm older than you, but like, I, I'm just such a fangirl. But now, but you know, now that they've broken up and they're getting older and I'm getting to hear their individual like music talents, like I've become a very big Harry Styles fan. Uh, I think he's adorable. Um, he just, but, he is the definition of the it factor. It's like, Everybody loves him. He just has that that charisma that you can't take your eyes off of him. He's like, he's attractive, but like he's not really that. It, it's like the David Bowie. It's like Prince. It's like Freddie Mercury. It's like they just have that thing. Why did you just name my three favorite people and all? Like that. Really? Was, wait, did you know that those are my three people? No. Wait, yeah, that's it. If you were like Natalie, name me your three stars it would be david bowie prince and freddie mercury um, for real because like i'm not even kidding that's weird but it's true like that's harry do you know what i mean like he's 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 that yeah so did you ever see queen with adam lambert no he's really good i was i was a front row and i was like loving it I know I've heard great things and I really, really like that he's the person in that role. Yeah. Cause he um, like gets it. Yeah. Well, he gets it and he can execute it and he has like the vocal range for it. But um I'm such like a Freddie Mercury. He's like my person. He's he's actually like my You person. saw the movie, obviously, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It was so good. Yeah. Um, but like back to the Taylor thing. So it could be the it could be the band, the Eagles. But like, but I will say, so I've seen. And they say that she's an Eagles fan. Well, okay. So when she was here, 1989 tour, right? No, I saw, I saw 1989 and I saw Reputation and I got to meet her during the 1989 tour. And it was incredible because she has like a separate room where you meet her and she comes and she like knows your name because like her assistant, assistant, assistant studies it. So like she knows about you. You meet her, you get a photo, and then, she, but she has like food set up and like a photo booth and like all her costumes. But like, did you did you ever see my photo with Taylor? How my best friend Joe's in the background eating a slider? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I'll have to post it on Lipstick League. But like, it's so of course. Like I had luckily I had to get my friend Photoshop Joe out of it because it's literally Joe eat reaching for a slider and it's me and Taylor Swift. I'm like, how do you? How does that? what that's amazing yeah and then Katy Perry really quick um she was here for that's that's a whole other episode what happened to Katy Perry but 
Katy Perry was here when this it is why, But it, Katy Perry's kind of why I started to dislike Taylor. Because of the rift? Because of the rift and like I have I have issues with Taylor's representation of other women while claiming to be about women. Right. And I think that that I think she addressed some of that. She she did and but well, it was weird that all her friends looked like her and yeah. Right. The anyway. But anyway, episode. yeah, anyway, Katy Perry, she, after her, um, prismatic world tour, when she was in Philly, it was one of the best shows I've ever seen. And she was like, I'm going to meet you at the art museum steps. And like, we went to art museum steps and she showed up and it's me and my best friend, Joe. And like, she grabs my phone or I hold my phone out to take a selfie and I cut myself off of the selfie. So it's just Joe and Katy Perry, but it's, I'm taking the photo. I didn't oh, no, no. so like he ruined two, i mean i luckily met katie after that but like he basically ruined two pictures as like the biggest pop stars <laughs> oh my god what the heck joe i know joe i know i know but um so the thing that okay so it's 1989 tour we meet her then her mom takes us on this backstage tour on golf carts and tells us all about introduces us to the dancers, talks about the costumes, the staging, like her mom knows all the shit. It's incredible. Then she takes us to another suite where we can watch the opening act. And then when it's time for her to come on, we get to go to the floor. It you have a Taylor Swift VIP experience. Yes. Swift it was amazing. Right now. All so the that was 1989. When I saw her red tour, Ed Sheeran opened for her. And I'm, re I'm really good friends with my, so my friend Julie used to be Ed Sheeran's record rep. And her red tour, it rained and we had to go in the dressing room. Everybody had to leave the link. And me and Maxwell, who used to do nights on Q102, and Ed Sheeran were in Ed Sheeran's dressing room just the three. Maxwell wasn't he Maxwell? Wasn't he British? No. He's black. <laughs> wasn't there a British guy? Yes. He was on the other he was on 96. He was on Wired. And his name was what the hell was his name? I can't remember. He was on Nights too, though, right? Wasn't it, was it London? No, it was like something like that. He did Nights, though. Yes, you were right. He was against Maxwell, right? Yes, yes. What the hell was his name? That's going to bother me. I'll think about it. But anyway, that's a whole story in of itself where me, Maxwell, and Ed Sheeran, just the three of us, were sitting in Ed Sheeran's dressing room. Wild. But anyway... Back to Taylor, 1989, she's on stage and she's talking about like connecting with people. She's like, Philly, what's going on? You know, this is technically my hometown show because you know, I grew up not right outside of Reading. And do you know how many memories I had where my dad and his friends would go to Eagles games at Vet Stadium? And I know that vet, the Vet Stadium isn't here anymore. We're at the link, but like, I know how much the Eagles mean to my dad. Like she did a whole bit about it. And I remember being like, I'll buy that. And I remember being like, this is why she's who she is. But you, you would know the story with what Mick Jagger did two summers ago. Right. Mm -hmm. So my whole, one of my biggest pet peeves are when artists don't know where they are. Like when there's a, a show at the BB&T pavilion and they go, what's up Camden. It, no, it's not a Camden show. It's a Philly show. Right, you know right. I mean? Like, I need the artist 
to connect with where they are. Oh, absolutely. And there's so many artists that do not do that. Like when Conan O'Brien wore a Flyers jersey when he came here in 2009. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, I love the fact that you love Conan so much. It's just like the best. But so what gets me so riled up is that some artists just don't do that, right? Taylor, even if she was full of shit, she still knew the bit. That oh, she played the role so that well. she could do it. So Mick Jagger, it wasn't last summer. It was, so I guess it, it would have been the summer of 2018 because it was right after the Eagles won the Super Bowl. And he goes on stage and he was like, Philly, I'm on the 50-yard line. Is this where the kicker made the field goal? That's where the kid, like, knew about the 61-yard field goal, then talked about winning the Super Bowl, and, oh, it, no, 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 it was last year. It was last year because he came from Jacksonville, and he said Nick Foles said to say hello. I remember when that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Nick, Nick Foles said to say hello, and then did a whole thing about Wawa and how he got a Wawa hoagie. This is Mick fucking Jagger. He doesn't have to do that shit. But, like, but, somebody but, – but that's why he's Mick Jagger. That's why he's Mick Jagger. Like, but that's that's the extra step that makes somebody a superstar is when you have the ability co to connect with your fan base. Like, that's what it's all about. All and he did, somebody told him before he went on stage, say something about Wawa, say something about Nick Foles, and like he remembered it and like did it, and like he literally had the crowd eating out of the palm of his hand. Yeah, and then he shook his little, like, little hips that still move at 95,000 yeah. years old and still like, babies, and then he, like, was, like, you know. Did it. And so, like, part of me thinks that maybe it really is about the Eagles. Oh, I think so. I, I think it's, I don't think it's about the Eagles, the band. I mean, I have, I have this, like, irrational dislike for the eagles and it has nothing to do with their music or anything that they've done really they're my dad's favorite band everybody loves the eagles i like the eagles i like the eagles the band like i do like i'm upset about glenn fry like blah 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 blah. um however their album their greatest hits knocked michael jackson's thriller off of the number one album of all time and i find that it is a bit disrespectful to have a compilation album be an album that knocks off an actual that's so true that is so true because that's not fair you can't no, have this album be number one right like i i get that all like the eagles fans and well and you know what's so funny i still do to this day if i go on my computer i'll go to type in like i'll just go eagles.com and then it's it's the eagles and not the Philadelphia the Eagles. Eagles yeah. Philadelphia Eagles are Eagles.com, but like still to this day, sometimes I'll be like Eagles.com and then it's like Glenn Fry's like memory. <laughs> um, but no, I'm just like, you can't have a compilation album that's a collective, it's a greatest hits so true. album. And, and they did that. So now I have this like internalized and like anger. You told me that because now I'm pissed too. Right? Yeah, that's not fair. They shouldn't have allowed that. No, I, I still don't know why they allowed it. Right. Who do we call about, or who do we email about that? I don't know. I think it's like Billboard or somebody. I'm going to look into that. It's like greatest selling album of all time. It yeah. was killer. And then like, 
it was two years ago or something. It's like, oh, the Eagles top Michael Jackson. I was like, what? And then they're like, with their no. greatest hits. And I was like, no, that does not count. That makes sense at all. That's not even fair. Like, I, I'm glad that everybody loved their greatest hits, but it's a compilation. It's not one album. Yep. Thousand right? Yes. Yeah. I need to take this up with the Academy. We're starting a revolt. Yeah, the Recording Academy. Right. Um, all right. So listen to the Taylor song. We played that little clip, but we really do think it's it's the regular Eagles. And um, we, yeah, we're going to come back. We'll have some guests. Um, we're going to talk about a bunch of other fun stuff that we have planned. We have some good guests on the horizon and please 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 subscribe and leave a review if you're being so kind we have to do something fun for christmas too i know what should we do i don't know we'll have to figure something out yeah um and give them the socials yeah one week one week that's <laughs> one week to figure it out all right, yes, that's right. You can follow us at Lipstick League on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and I'm Natalie Agnoff. That's YouTube, YouTube. You forgot YouTube and TikTok. YouTube and TikTok. I'm still, I'm still getting used to them. Yeah. So Lipstick League. They're all new. Yeah. Yeah. TikTok. Wait. TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. They cover the five. A lot. A lot. Five pillars of social media success. Um, and I'm Natalie Eganoff, E-D-E-N-O-L-F. And um, Nicole is Nick, N-I-C-O-L-E is N-I-K. Thank you. Yeah. I ho- hopefully this is, hopefully you're enjoying this, this Zoom. We'll see how, we'll see how it works out. Yeah, it works out, but it is what it is right now. Oh. And- <laughs>